0: Well, we hope each and every one of you are doing okay this morning. Welcome to Live Church Sunday morning. I want to encourage you, as I have been over the last couple of weeks, to gather your family around that television, wherever you're at in the living room. Uh, Well, I don't know where you watch your TV at, but why don't you get your family together, get your kids, get your husband, your wife, uh, get your Bibles, get it ready, because pastors going to be bringing an awesome word after worship. But before we get into worship, I wanted to go ahead and read a scripture to you you know I know in this quarantine time everybody's losing track of days and weeks and what time it is but I want to remind you that today is the day that we call Palm Sunday today is the day that we celebrate Jesus's triumphal entry into the city of Jerusalem uh, the week that he was to be crucified and I want to read to you out of Matthew chapter 21 beginning in verse one it says now when they drew near to Jerusalem And came to Bethphage and the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone asks anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, saying, tell the daughter of Zion behold your king is coming to you lowly and sitting on a donkey a colt a foal of a donkey so the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them then they brought the donkey and the colt and they laid their clothes on them and they set Jesus on them And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches, you know, that being palm branches, from the trees. And they spread them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. You know that word, Hosanna, In the original Hebrew, it means save. It has the connotation of Savior, of save us, please. And as Jesus was going into Jerusalem, the people were laying down the palm branches in front of Him, and they were declaring to Him, You are the Savior. And this morning, as we enter into worship, I want us to go into His presence with that word in our hearts and that word on our lips. Hosanna. Hosanna blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord Jesus we know that your word your your name That name, Jesus, literally translates Savior, salvation, that you are our Savior. And we declare this morning, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. We worship you this morning. We thank you, Father God, that this is the time where we are more aware of what it is that you've done for us than ever before. And as we come into your presence to worship you, Lord, we declare that name this morning. Hosanna. Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is he who has come in the name of the Lord. Blessed is he who is and who is to come. We thank you, Jesus, that you are king, that you are God, that you laid down your life, but you had the power to take it back up again. We thank you, Jesus, that you are on the throne in heaven, that you are sitting at the right hand of power, and you are longing for the day to come and to return unto your bride. Father, we thank you that this is the greatest hour that the church has ever been alive. That you're going to use your people in the earth in such a mighty way. But this morning we just come to you, God. And we give you our whole hearts of worship. And we pray, Father, that you would abide in the praises of your people. God, right now, that you would begin to fill living rooms, that you would begin to fill homes, God. Lord, we know, Lord, that where two or three are gathered in your name, that you said you would be with us. We know, Lord, where the Spirit of the Lord is, that there is freedom. We know, Jesus, that when your people begin to worship you, that miracles begin to happen. So we pray, Father, as your presence fills this house this church, this building, as we worship you, that your presence would begin to fill their houses. That there's no distance in the spirit, Father. We come to you this morning as one church, lifting up the one true king, and we declare to t- today, God, that you will have your glory. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be Hosanna, the one that comes in the name of the Lord. We praise you this morning. Hosanna in the highest.
1: Every repair. Through every heartbreak Through every circumstance And I believe that you are my fortress You are my portion You are my hiding place And I believe you are the way The truth Every promise, every breath I take, and I believe that you are provided, you are protected, you are the one Because they can't say love, would not believe. they cannot come to because they can't say love. Would not believe you are the way, the truth, the lie. And I believe you are the way, the truth. you mm-hmm. mm So Suddenly I'm not afraid it's just you speak is everything you say is alive to me. what I need I trust you Jesus you see what I cannot see your ways are
2: higher you know just what
1: one word you speak so Quiet in my heart, Lord, I'm listening. listening Your way's so higher You know just what I mean I'll trust you, Jesus You see what I cannot see You know just what I need. I'll trust you, Jesus. You see what I cannot see. Your ways are higher. You know just what I need. I'll trust you, Jesus. You see what I cannot see. Your ways are higher. And I don't want to miss one word you speak So quiet my heart, I'm listening Oh, quiet my heart, I'm listening Oh, quiet Quiet my
0: heart, I'm listening
2: let
1: every plan. Your kingdom reigns. Your kingdom reigns. Your kingdom reigns. Your kingdom reigns. Your kingdom.
0: Just sing that again, brother. That bridge, Jesus be glorified because something is happening as we're worshiping. I'm seeing his healing power go forth. Come on, come on, Your ways are higher than mine. Wash away every stain, Lord. Your greater love
1: in the blood, Lord. Jesus be glorified. Your ways are higher than mine. Wash away every stain, Lord, greater love in the blood, Lord. Jesus, be glorified. Your ways are higher than mine. Wash away every stain, Lord, greater love in the blood, Lord. is oh. no
0: So when we say in services like this that there's no distance in the Spirit, this is what we're talking about. When you begin to worship Jesus, His presence comes wherever you are. And I don't know if you've realized this about Him by now, but when He walks into the room, He brings everything that He is. He is the healer, and I saw as we were singing when we were singing about the blood of Jesus. I began to see the Lord touching like kidneys and urinary tract infections. I just declare in Jesus' name that if you're having problems in your kidneys, maybe even in your urinary tract, that God is healing you right now. I saw it while we were worshiping. I saw someone dealing with a migraine, even now, even a severe headache. While you're listening to this, that the Lord is touching you. Just receive your healing, Lord. We thank. you for your presence right now we thank you for your presence in this place we thank you for your presence wherever we are listening and worshiping god that you are in this place and we declare truly you are hosanna you are hosanna in the highest blessed is he who comes in the name of the lord father we have great expectation for what you're gonna do today what you're gonna speak to us through your work and what you're doing in the earth. Lord, we are excited, Father. We love you, Jesus. You know, so wonderful coming together in his presence and worshiping the Lord. Whether we're in person in the church or not, or whether we're in our living rooms, it doesn't matter that the Lord is with us. Now, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would begin to breathe upon your people and you would bring new life today, and you would bring encouragement, that you would bring freshness, that you would bring rejuvenation. You know, yesterday I came home, and my wife had hung a red scarf or something over our doorpost and represented the Passover as the people of God would take the hyssop branches and they would paint the blood of the lamb that was slain from the Passover dinner over the doorpost of their home, signifying that the Lord, the death angel, would pass over them. And you know what? I want to just say to you today that there's no greater love than the blood of Jesus that is the blood of Jesus covers your heart, the doorpost of your heart, so to speak, that you are under the protection of the Lord. Can I tell you that? Not only your health, but your finances, your family, everything connected to you is covered by the blood. Amen? You know, this morning, I have a habit of when I wake up, after I'm drinking my coffee, I'll, I'll check my bank account because I have different bills that get taken out, and I just want to make sure everything's okay. And, I had a transaction taken out from Mayoz israel you know our church life church we support a ministry in israel uh, a blessed brother and his wife that are doing a great work there with the messianic jews um and i saw that my my my, my my giving was taken out this morning and I was like you know what Lord I thank you that I did that that so long ago I set up certain missionaries for the funds to be just taken out of my account and it, it reminded me of how important it is to continue to be faithful to God amen you know I know that the money was physically taken out of my account and put into the Mayaz Israel account to support the missionaries there in Israel but I believe with all my heart that I'm giving to the Lord. That any time that I I give my tithes, my offerings, uh, missionary givings, or give to evangelists, that I believe that I'm setting my heart in agreement with heaven. And I wanted to just take this time this morning to thank you. All of you that are continuing to be faithful to God in this time. You know, I know that you may physically write a church to Life Church of Lafayette. Or you may go and give online physically to this fellowship. But I want to remind you this morning that you're not giving to a man. You're not giving to men. You're not giving to an organization. And you're not giving even to a denomination. That you're giving to God. And I want to propose this thought to all my brothers and my sisters that are hearing this right now is it ever a good time or a logical time to withhold from god can we ever say in our hearts that god now is not the time for me to be faithful to you come on i want you to think about that you know i have made a covenant with god in the good times and that means that i am in covenant with god when times aren't so good can you say amen that when we come into covenant you know i'm married to my wife of 10 years in december we're in covenant We're in covenant for when times are good, when times are bad, in sickness and health. All those things, rich and poor, that's the covenant I made with my wife. Well, I have come into covenant with my God many years ago. Not only for my salvation, but with every part of my life. And now He is stirring my heart to be more faithful and more generous and more giving in this season than ever before. Because I am in covenant with Him. So I want to thank those of you who have continued to be faithful in this time. You know, it is such an encouragement as pastors when, when in times like this, you know, the, the checks, they just come in the mail. And it's not, it's not about the money. It's about God's hand of provision. God is saying, I am with you. I promise to be faithful to you and god uses people he uses us as the hands and the feet so thank you for your continued faithfulness and i want to just encourage and challenge those of you that maybe have wondered lord is this the time to give is this the time to do these things i say to you beloved yes it is that is always the time to be faithful to god you may have a great need right now and i want to challenge you as a man that has done this many times when you have a great financial need in your life Take a seed, sow it into the ground. Make a sacrifice. Lord, you know my pocketbook. You know I really don't have this. But what I don't have, you have all that I need. And I'm going to take this as a sacrifice, as a seed. And I'm going to put it in the ground by faith that believe you. Amen. So I want to just encourage you. I know that with the social distancing and us not being able to meet in person, uh, that there are other ways to give. We have an app that you can give on. The church has an app. Uh, You can give online on our website. You can even text to give. There's many ways. Or you can do it the good old-fashioned way. Just write a check, send it in the mail. We'll get it, and we'll put it where it needs to be. But I just want to thank you guys for your continued faithfulness in giving. And I want to pray for you right now. I just want to pray a blessing over your family over your finances and to bring our needs before the lord he says cast your cares upon me because i care for you and so father we come to you this morning in the name of jesus and i thank you first of all lord For the faithfulness of those that have continued to give to you, especially in this time. That they know that their provision comes from you. That you are the provider. That we are not shaken by what's taking place in our nation economically and financially. Lord, because you've always been our provider. Lord, we thank you, Father, that in this time you see these seeds as sacrificial and that you are going to rain down on them and cause them to produce much fruit in our lives. So thank you for that. And Lord, I just pray for those that maybe are, have fear or anxiety financially in this time, that you would remove that fear, that you would give them faith, God, to believe you for what you said you would do. Lord, I pray that you would stir us right now to give more than ever before, to sow into your kingdom, into your name, Lord. And so Father, I pray even now as I'm praying over your people, that as they're texting to give, as they're writing the check right now, come on I want you to think of it this way, this is an act of worship even now as I'm praying for you it's okay to go ahead and text what you're going to give to the Lord, to write your check by faith, write it and get it ready so you can send it in to the Lord Father, we thank you for this because God, I believe for increase in this house in this season like never before because Lord we have a mission in this city we have a mission in this nation we have a mission in the nations of the world and we pray God that as we are faithful that you would continue to bring in what we need to bring the gospel to the places that you're calling us to bring it to so Lord I pray for financial provision stability blessings and prosperity over your people because you have called us God to be prosperous so that we can lend to the nations So, Lord, we love you with all of our heart, and I thank you, Father, that you are just moving in people's finances. I pray for those, Lord, that have lost their jobs, that you are providing a stream of income, that you're giving them a new job. Lord, I pray for those that their hours have been cut considerably, that you would provide in unique ways, in supernatural ways. Lord, you fed your prophet by the raven in the wilderness. You've caused manna to rain down from heaven for your people. You caused the water to come out of the rock. There's nothing impossible for you. You took your disciples Lord and when it was time to pay taxes they simply went fishing and you provided their tax money through the mouth of a fish Lord there's no end to what you can do and we put our faith in you this morning now Lord I pray that you would till the soil of our heart prepare our hearts for the seed of your word because we know that you have spoken to our pastor and he has a word for us and we pray that you would prepare the soil of our hearts open our eyes God that we can see what you're doing in the earth today open our ears Lord so that we can hear what you are saying. We block out the media. We block out everybody with their own opinion. We block out everything else but the voice of Jesus this morning. We ask, oh God, that you would speak clearly. In your name we pray, Lord. Amen. Well, I pray that you're ready, that you have your Bibles open, your family gathered around. I know the pastor has a word for us. Be blessed by it.
3: Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, this has been another week, hasn't it? But God has been in control. I said, said, God is in control. Before I even get to the word, I want us to do a favor and let us take a moment and pray for our leaders. The Bible says pray for those who are in leadership at the national level, state level, local level. I'm telling you, the decisions that they're having to face, to determine, to decide, they need wisdom that comes from God. And if the church doesn't pray for them, who's going to do it? And so it's easy to cast stones from the back row. It's another thing to get down on our knees and take a moment and call them and lift them up before God. So would you join with me right now as we pray for all of our leaders in this time. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus, and we come boldly to your throne. We don't have to come with anxiety or fear, for that pathway to your throne has been paved by the blood of your son, Jesus. And we can come to you and know that you hear us. Father, today, right now, we take a moment and we lift up our leaders. I want to start with President Trump and those in his team, Vice President Pence, and all of those who are listening, God, for direction. God, if you can speak in so many different ways, they need to hear from you in this time of crisis. God, this, this moment didn't catch you off guard, but it has caught, and caught our national leaders off guard. It has caught our state leaders and our local leaders off guard, and they're looking for answers. And I pray, Lord God, that they would have wisdom that comes from you. We lift them up and pray that, God, you would cause those who have voices of righteousness to speak to our leaders and that they would give heed to that. Father, we thank you for those on the front lines in the medical field, Lord God the doctors and the nurses and the research scientists, all of them. God, we pray a hand of protection upon them and sustenance and strength for them, Lord God, in these difficult times. Father, we pray for a breakthrough, a heavenly breakthrough, a heavenly intervention in in this virus. Lord, we know that pestilence is to wake up your people and cause us to pray. And so we are praying, and we are praying, and we know that you hear us. But, God, we pray one more time. Use and work through our leaders, Lord God. Give them the godly wisdom to run our nation, our state, and our local cities and towns. And we ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to read... From John chapter 12, verse 12 and 13, Pastor Elliot had no idea that I was going to be using part of the scriptures that he read this morning. But it says this, it says, On the next day, a great crowd that had come to the feast, speaking of the feast of Passover, the week of Passover, heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. And they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, and they cried, Hosanna, blessed is he, who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. My title is simply, Jesus is in control. I'd like you to just turn and tell somebody that right now. Jesus is in control. You know, a few weeks after the attacks on 9-11, when the World Trade Center and the Pentagon had been attacked by terrorists from other nations, just a few weeks afterwards, there was a song that was released by Alan Jackson, and it was titled, Where Were You When the World Stopped Turning? That song was about the tragic events that took place in our country that September morning. And that song went on to win many awards, including Song of the Year and earned Jackson his first uh, earned Grammy Award for Best Country Song. But the one thing that we learned, those of us who were living during that time, is that if the world really did stop on September 11th, 2001, it has continued on again, or it started turning again. We became accustomed to changes that uh, heightened our awareness for security, for example, no longer could you show up 15 or 20 minutes before a flight and catch your flight. You had to be there now, they recommend, two hours early. Now we, we had to to become accustomed that when you're going to a concert or a sporting event, that you may pass through a metal detector of some type or have your backpacks or purses examined by security guards. We, we, we became more Um, observant of suspicious actions that were taking place around us. We made adjustments in our lifestyles that most Americans probably thought would never, ever happen. Our world changed on 9-11. And today, we find ourselves facing a global pandemic. We're not facing an event that's confined to one city or one nation we're not facing terrorists that have faces, but we're literally facing terror as it is spread across the world. And once again, our world has changed. Today begins what is known in Christianity as Holy Week or Easter Week. Today is marked by Palm Sunday, the day that was noted when Jesus came riding into the city of Jerusalem. Jerusalem expectations were high that moment, that week, as the people lined the road, as they heard that Jesus was coming and they took palm branches and laid them down. They took their cloaks and laid them down and they began to praise him and shout, Hosanna is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Many Christians probably don't realize, but that literally comes from Psalms 118, which is a messianic psalm. And yet history proved that instead of being a life-changing week, as they cried out, Hosanna is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Instead of a life-changing week for those who were living then, it was probably the most confusing and chaotic week in history. For just a few days earlier, Jesus rode into the city to the cheers of the people And a few days later, on the same streets, he carried a cross through the city to the jeers of the people. They were bewildered by the things that had transpired. It started off like a great celebration, a celebration that had never been before. And now all of a sudden, instead of a deliverer, they saw their dreams crucified to a cross. And instead of freedom from the tyranny of Rome, they were slapped with the reality that Rome wasn't going anywhere. And instead of their hopes of a new Jerusalem, the status quo maintained power. And from that moment, from that perspective, think of it now. You saw Jesus coming into town and people were shouting Hosanna to the new Messiah. They were excited about his coming and now the week ends and he's nailed to a cross and thrown in in an unmarked tomb from their point in viewpoint in history. Who could see God in any of that? Now fast forward to the year 2020. As the church around the world Starts the Holy Week or Easter week. I can assure you that this week is going to be much different than this same time last year. Here in South Louisiana, this week especially is usually marked with large groups of family members getting and friends getting together and crawfish boils and all kinds of other activities. They're getting into usually into full swing, but Not unlike that Passover week that began when Jesus rode into town on a donkey to the cheers of the people that ended so drastically different from every previous year. This coming week is going to be different too. Our world has changed, at least it has, for right now. Now, some of you are probably thinking, Pastor... Why in the world are you talking about this? What is the point? We didn't tune in live to hear you talk about all the stuff that's going on in our world right now. Well, let me explain to you why. Because this simple truth is that the world has changed, but Easter has not. The events of that Passover week had a true meaning and purpose for the people of that day And it has continued for 2,000 years and even applies to us even today. Because, see, my focus isn't on the things that led up to that infamous week that ended with Christ being crucified on the cross. Rather, my focus is what happened on the first day of the following week, Resurrection Day, or what we call Easter Sunday. That moment when the breath of God, our Father, breathed into the corpse of his dead son lying in that cold, hewn-out rock tomb. That moment when Jesus stood up and left the tomb. That moment when the stone rolled away that his followers might see that the tomb was empty. Listen, my friends, the stone was not rolled away so Jesus could get out. It was so his followers could get in and see that the tomb was empty because there wasn't any grave, any stone or anything that was going to be able to hold Jesus back. That moment when Jesus appeared to the women uh, on their way to the tomb, they came to anoint his body for burial. That moment when an angel spoke to his disciples and said that Jesus was alive, he was not in the tomb. That moment when he walked the road with those men on the road to Emmaus. That moment when Jesus appeared in the middle of the room to the frightened, bewildered disciples. That moment when Jesus said, peace be with you. That moment, say that moment with me right now. Turn to someone and say, that moment. That moment changed everything for every person if they believed for all the ages. You see that first Resurrection Sunday, some 2,000 years ago, it supersedes any event that has taken place before or since. And the events that took place on that first Easter morning rendered powerless the acts of terror. The events of Easter morning rendered powerless the acts of war and death and sickness and pain and sorrow and despair and heartbreak and loneliness and sin. I've lived long enough to know that the world has changed, but the message of Easter has not changed. The events of Easter week culminating in the Resurrection Sunday, they demonstrate the foundational truth of Christianity. And that foundational truth is four words. Jesus Christ is Lord. Say it with me. Jesus Christ is Lord. He has power over death. He has power over sin. And he has the power to make a difference in anyone's life who calls upon his name. I want us to celebrate this Easter week. I I thought about it. With all that's going on, you know what the world needs right now is some celebration. And you are thinking, well, how can anybody celebrate negative news on the uh, every time you turn around and more deaths and more outbreaks and more problems and more bickering and more backbiting? Well, we're people of the word, so let's go to the word and see how we can celebrate this incredible Easter week. In Matthew's account of the resurrection of Jesus, it records two times, in in the same chapter, these words: "Do not be." Afraid. And in those that simple message, those four words, it there, there are three things there that you and I can apply to our lives. And the first thing that fits for this day, how we can live out the significance of Christ's resurrection, and that is stand up to your fears. During his ministry on earth, Jesus commanded his followers time and time again. He said, Fear not. Why would Jesus say that? Because what, I mean, all of us have, have had fear at one time or another. It's an emotion that we can't control, right? I mean, fear hits us like a tidal wave when we're least prepared for it. Fear affects us psychologically, our hearts beat faster, our stomach does flip-flops, our hands begin to sweat or shake, becomes difficult to breathe. But the worst effect of fear is that it paralyzes us. It either causes us to do nothing or it causes us to run. So why does Jesus say, do not be afraid? As if it's a simple choice. Because it is a matter of, of choice. Jesus is not referring to an emotional reaction. For example, I remember as a young teenager, I remember going with my mom to somebody's house. She wanted to bring her something, and, and so she asked me to ride along with her, and we were out in the country, there were no street lights or anything like that. And I, I remember thinking, my mama, she, I said, you've gotten your directions, we're lost. She goes, no, the lady lives down the end of this road. We went down the end of that road and my mom went to the house to take in whatever it was, I don't know what it was, and I just sat there in the darkness and out of nowhere came right to my window on my side of the car a uh, huge German Shepherd, and his teeth were just, and he was barking and he was growling. And so when he came at me, I, I look, I I was across the seat in the the driver's seat of my mama's car at that moment. In that moment, fear hit me. Okay, and I'm not afraid to admit it. I mean, that dog came out of nowhere, and I was like, wow. <gasps> Jesus isn't saying, if you do that, that's wrong. Fear is a natural reaction sometimes, okay? But what Jesus is talking about, he's talking about our thoughts and our actions, not a reaction to something, not an emotional response that happens in a fleeting moment. He's saying, do not think fearfully and do not act fearfully, Look around what's happening today with the lockdowns and shutdowns and layoffs. And when we start thinking uh, fearfully, uh, then, then all of a sudden the uncertainty of the future causes us to live in a state of fear. And Jesus is saying, you don't have to be that way at all. He's saying, I, I have the power of life and death. I have the power over any challenge you face. There's not an act of war that can separate you from my love. There's not a health problem that can separate you from my presence. There's not a divorce, there's no failed business, there's no sin that can separate you from my mercy if you have a relationship with me and call upon my name. And his last words to us in Matthew 28 and 20 says, "'And surely I am with you always "'to the very end of the age.'" So because of the resurrection, we don't have to live in fear. So how do we stand up to one's fears? By responding with faith through thoughts of faith and acts of faith. When the enemy wants you to go hide, stand up boldly. And, 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 and reach out and speak to someone, call someone, whatever. To spend time in God's presence. Spend time in his word. Worship God. Walk around your house and worship God. Whatever it takes. You can either live in fear or you can live by faith. A second way to live out the significance of the resurrection of Jesus Christ is this. We need to focus on our mission focus on your mission again Matthew 28 and 10 look what it says and Jesus said to the lady to the women go and tell my brothers he told them don't be afraid it is I he said go ahead go back and tell my disciples go tell them go tell them what you've heard go tell them basically go tell them that I'm alive Years ago, I remember I read a story about a guy named Jeff, who when he was about 12 years old, he was playing baseball with his friends and probably like a lot of little boys, I remember my parents yelling, take that baseball and that bat away from the windows of the house. And we were like confident I know where I'm throwing the ball. Take that ball out in the field. Get away from the house. Well, Jeff, like probably a lot of little boys, (laughs) thought he knew better. And all of a sudden, while playing baseball and catch with his friend, the ball got away, and it broke a window. And he quickly looked around to see if anybody was looking. Why do we do that? I don't know why. We we'll looked around to see if anybody was looking, and the only witness besides his friend was Jeff's younger brother. And Jeff went over to his younger brother and said, "If you keep quiet about this, I'll give you some candy." And the younger brother said, "I don't want any candy." So Jeff said, "If you keep quiet about this, I'll give you my baseball." And the younger brother said, I don't want your baseball. Jeff's getting anxious and he said, Look, if you keep quiet about this, I'll give you my baseball and my new, brand new baseball glove. And the younger brother said, I don't want your ball or glove. And so Jeff looked at his little brother and said, What is it that you want? And his little brother said, I want to tell. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's that sounds about right, right? I'm going to get Big Brother in trouble. But look, a little boy had some great news, some great information, and he didn't want to keep quiet about it. He wanted to tell somebody about it. Well, that's the way we should be. We should see this week as we're going into it that everything that leads up to this week leads to an incredible day when Christ came forth from the tomb. We got a great story and the world needs to hear it. I had a very unusual thing happen yesterday. I was expecting a, an important phone call from a banker in regards to some paperwork and things for the church and, and whatever. and So... I had my cell phone switched. Uh, right now, I have it set to where if an unknown number comes in, it automatically goes to the voicemail. I receive 20 to 30 robocalls a day or people looking for money or help or whatever. And I figure if it's important, they'll leave a voicemail. And so... It, But I knew that this person was gonna be calling and I didn't know what number they'd be calling from and I didn't wanna miss the call. So I went into my cell phone and changed the setting to not move unwanted calls or unknown numbers to voicemail. And so all of a sudden I get a phone call and it's got a area code from another state, but I'm thinking, well, maybe this banker is calling from another state. I don't know where they're calling from. So I answered the phone. And uh, I should have realized, because it didn't come forwarded from the church. When I'm out at the church office, I have it forwarded to myself. But anyway, I said, hello? And, and there was a woman on the other side of the phone. She goes, well, hello. And I said, who is this? And she told me her first name. I said, is there something I can do for you? And I'm thinking, it can't be looking for somebody looking for a handout. This is coming from an area code from another state. And she goes, I'm sorry to bother you. She goes, and, and, and I know the phone number probably looks like it's strange that it's from another state, she said, but she goes, I just wanted to call and check and see how you're doing. I said, excuse me? She says, well, I live here in Lafayette. And she says, you know, we're all locked in and we're all batting down, and you know, from one another and well, I just, Felt like I needed to call my neighbors and check on them and see how they're doing. So, how are you doing? I said, well, I'm doing fine. My wife and I are doing fine. She said, if everybody's good, I said, everybody's good. And um, I said, well, how's it with you? And she said, oh, we're doing good. We're doing good. She said, you know, these are just difficult times we're facing. I said, yes, ma'am, they are. She goes, well, how are you passing the time and I'm thinking, this is a crank call, you know, what is this about? And she goes, and, and I said, well, we just, you know, I said, we're just reading and doing stuff. And I said, I'm a pastor of a church. Oh, you a pastor? I said, yes, ma'am, I am. She goes, well, how are you keeping in touch with people? I said, well, I'm calling, texting, social media. We're doing live streams. She goes, that's great. She said, that's just wonderful. She says, because see, you know, I've been calling around talking to people, and people need hope right now. People need a positive word. And, you know, she said, let me ask you something. She, says, is, 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 uh, is, uh, she said, is pain ever going? Is suffering ever going to cease? I said, not in this world till Jesus comes back. Not until Jesus comes back. She said, not until Jesus. I said, not until Jesus comes back. She goes, well, you know, over in the book of Revelation, she says a lot of people are scared to read that book. I said, not me, I teach it. She said, oh. She says, well, you know, the Bible says there's coming a day when there'll be no more sorrow and no more pain and no more anguish and all of those things. And I said, that's right. You're right. She goes, I've just been calling people and telling them that there's a word of hope today. And, and uh, she says, but I... I don't need to tell you that, preacher. You got that already figured out. And we had a great conversation afterwards, and I thanked her. I said, well, I appreciate you calling. I said, have a great day. So I put her number down in my phone. I don't know her last name, but I got her first name. I figured I'll just return the call later in the week and see how she's doing, you know. But you know what? I thought, she liked that little boy. So she figured out the people out there need a good word. And she decided that she going to take a chance and call people. I don't know about you, but I'm not getting on the phone cold calling people and going, how's your day going? They're probably going to hang up on me, right? She didn't care. She said, I've got a message. I got to tell you that one day, all the suffering and all the pain and all the heartache, all the tears, they're all going to be washed away. I say amen. <laughs> I'm telling you. It brought things into perspective for me yesterday after I hung up. My wife came out and said, well, who is that? I said, I don't know. I said, her first name is, and I won't say it over the air, you know, but I said, but this message is important. And she realized that. And I thought, most of us won't do that. Most of us, we won't even contact one another, you know. We might contact family or whatever. But I'm telling you, the world needs to hear the message Jesus told the women, go and tell my brothers I'm alive. (laughs) That's got to be the message today. We need to tell the world Jesus is alive. And the third way that we can live out with significance of Christ's resurrection is to rely on his promises. Again, go back to Matthew 28 and 10. Look what it says. We began with do not be afraid. Then we went to go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, there they will see me. There they will see me. This was his promise. Go tell them. I will see them there. You, his promise basically to you and I is simply this. You say what I tell you to say and I'll show up. Because look, church, if Jesus doesn't show up, the church is powerless. If he's not there, there's no hope in social programs. There's no hope in a stimulus check. There's no hope in any governmental agency. There's no hope in our network of connections of people we know. The only hope is in the ability of Jesus Christ to change lives and our connection to him, that's what matters. Think about it. Jesus disappears to the, after those women, he's told them the message, he disappears, I mean just disappears. Imagine them standing there with the burial spices they had brought to anoint his body for burial because they had to hurriedly put him in the tomb because Passover was coming and they had to, they, they had to get back home and so they were coming to do this thing right. They're carrying spices and, and, and wrapping cloths and everything else, and they're standing there. Jesus gives them a message. Go tell my brothers to meet me in Galilee, and there I'll see them. And then, boom, he's gone. Come on now. I mean, that's not an everyday thing. If it is... For you, something strange is going on. I'm just telling you, it's not an everyday thing. And I wonder when the women went and told Peter and John and the other disciples that they had seen Jesus and that not only had they seen him, that they had told these women to tell those men to go to Galilee to, and that he would meet them there. I wonder if after they had done that, if they had any doubts. Have you ever acted in what you believed you were supposed to do only later to question what you just did? I know I have so many times. Or or if they did or didn't have any doubts, I'll guarantee you those men did. They weren't there. And you have to understand the culture of the day. Women didn't hold an equal footing with men in that regard. Okay? So you I can hear the discussion. The women leave. We've done our part. They're probably going off wondering Did we really get it right? Did we say what we're supposed to do? Whatever. But I can hear those guys. What if we go to Galilee and he he isn't there? We're going to look stupid. We're going to look foolish. People are going to say, well, that's what you get for listening to a bunch of foolish women. I don't know if such thoughts cross their minds. But I do know this, that they were willing to risk their reputation and rely on the promises of Jesus. And when they got there, they were not disappointed. See, without the promises of Jesus, the church has nothing of substance to offer the world. We can't offer joyful fellowship because he is the source of our joy. We can't offer peace in the midst of turmoil because he is our peace. We can't offer assurance of his keeping, his protection, because he is our assurance. We couldn't offer one single promise of God for without the resurrection of Jesus Christ, there would be no person of promise. And as we face uncertain times, we can no longer, as Christians, as church, as believers, as followers of Christ, we cannot afford to put our trust in ourselves, or in our economy, or in our business, or in our company, or in our country, or anyone else. Our hope is in Jesus and Him alone. So I'm going to close. But I want to challenge you this Easter week. Because Jesus is our peace and because Jesus is our strength and because Jesus is our hope, I want you to take home this last step. Here's the last step. In John 12, 13, it says, they took palm branches and went out to meet him and cried out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. This week, I'm giving you a challenge. This week, I'm challenging you to start each day by taking your built-in palm branches. Here we go. We're going to do a little kids' church thing right here. Ah, Yeah. I'll never forget a man up in Luna who started teaching children's church, and it was Palm Sunday, and they all came down with headbands with... They had taken gloves, like medical gloves, and blown them up, and they stapled them to to these little bands around their head. And I said, Dwayne, what is this? He goes, it's Palm Sunday. (laughs) I said, oh, I'll never forget it. Well, I thought about this. I said, there are people lying in the streets and they were waving them branches and they were saying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Listen, <clears throat> I want you every day this week, throughout the day this week, at the end of each day this week, I want you to begin to take those built-in palm branches, those hands and lift them up and begin to praise him. And even though the world has changed, see Easter hasn't changed this year will be different from last year in the way that we celebrated but the person and the message hasn't changed listen to me my friends I want to tell you this put this last slide on please this last one says this is the church buildings may be empty next easter sunday but that's okay because the tomb is empty too i want you to celebrate holy week i want you to celebrate easter week knowing that jesus has everything under control i want you to Look to your neighbor. I want you to look right now. Maybe you need to text somebody right now. Maybe you're sitting by yourself. Maybe you need to call someone. But you need to sit there and tell them, Jesus has everything under control. Barley, go ahead and mute that so the music don't play there. Jesus has everything under control. For every follower of Jesus... That's fine. You had it all right. I want you to stand up to your fears. I want want you to focus on the mission of telling the good news. I want you to rely on his promises. And I want you to praise him with your whole heart. You may be sitting out there today watching this. Maybe later in the week, somebody sends you the link and you watch this and you're sitting there and you've got fear in your life. You're fearful about what's happening. You're fearful about the things that are coming to pass. I want to tell you, Jesus is in control. God is in control of everything. But if you don't know Christ, you don't know him in a personal way. You can know him. You can know him. The Bible says that if you believe these things, that he is the son of God. He was born of a virgin. He lived a life that was without sin, died on the cross, was put in a grave for three days. Afterwards, he was raised from the dead, and he has now ascended to heaven. The Bible says that if you believe that in your heart, and you say it with your mouth, you shall be saved. And in that moment... The power of Easter, the message of Easter comes into your life and it changes. It causes fear to vanish. It causes apprehension to be gone. It brings a peace that passes that the world cannot understand. Jesus told his disciples, he said, I'll give you a peace that the world cannot know. When you give your life to Jesus, you surrender to Him. You have to recognize He becomes the boss. He becomes the leader. He becomes the head of your life. And He's going to make changes because He brought the Holy Spirit and He comes and lives inside of you. And the Holy Spirit is going to begin to speak to you and direct you in the matter of change. But in that moment, when the power of Christ's death burial and resurrection comes into your life the bible says your past is washed away there is no more sin your past has completely vanished it's not been covered over it's been washed away it's like it's been bleached away your sins were as scarlet the bible says but now your life is white as snow Would you pray with me right now? If that's you, would you pray with me right now? Dear Jesus, I need you to come into my life. I surrender to you right now. I admit that I am a sinner. Come into my life. I surrender my life to you. Have your way. Forgive me of my sin. Let your Holy Spirit from this day forward. Direct me in all my ways. I ask it in Jesus' name, amen, amen. And we're gonna, I'm gonna pray for you in just a moment. But I've asked the worship team to pull out an old one. Just do a couple times. I woke up this morning singing this song and it just seems fit. So why don't you sing along with us right where you're at. I lift, Lord, I lift your name on high.
1: Lord, I love to sing your praises. I love sing your praises. Hey, I'm so bad, in my life. I'm so bad, in my life. Hey, I'm so mad hey, so you came to save us. You came from heaven to earth to show we oh.
3: pointing to his return. He's getting ready, church. You better get those palm branches out again. You better get ready. Hosanna is he who's coming in the name of the Lord. Father, I speak blessing over your people this day. Father, I pray that their hearts would be just engulfed with hope and assurance that Jesus, everything is in control. In your name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. God bless you. Have an incredible week.